All right, just hear me out. The point is, coach put me on these babies. Know what happened? I put on 20 pounds of pure, unadulterated, blitz the quarterback, and rip his head off muscle, Russell. For this episode of the Retro Round Podcast. Thunder Road 3 now online. How can I help you travel through movie space time today? Course entered. Honey, I shrunk the kids. 1989. Is this correct? Course set. Rewinding in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the former pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the PaulJPowers.com and Master Soundboarder Powers. Hey, I'm happy to be here. But you know who I wish was here? I mean, we've been reviewing these 80s movies, and we haven't been able to talk about their famous parties. So I wish Patch was here so he could help review this movie. Oh, I'm here, man. I'm here. Oh, the white powder is what you can call me now. Oh I Just call me the white powder. Why are we starting this way? <laughs> well, Welcome back. It's so good to be here. It's Paul's good to be here. Did I make it into the right podcast? Oh, <laughs> Dustin, welcome. Oh, you're talking about the white cream filling of the Debbie's cakes, right? That's what we're talking about? You say what you need to. I'll say oh, what okay. I need to, all right? <sighs> Well, we are <laughs> glad to have aboard for this discussion of the film Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. First up, ship's clergy, Dustin Warford. Hey, Dustin, how are you doing? I, well, I was doing really good up until about 30 seconds ago, and now I'm just confused. Right? Well, go back. If you're confused also, awesome listener, go and listen to our episode on Adventures in Babysitting, which, uh, Paul, do you happen to know what that is? Negative. You you don't know what adventures no. baby what well fine. Or I'll just I guess I'll just tell you why I don't it's, know. <laughs> it's retro rewind podcast.com slash ninety-seven. If you want of to of course to I that. knew that. I was testing you. Oh well, I guess you passed or I yeah. passed. One of the two. Regardless, in addition to Dustin, as uh as Paul alluded to before, we're glad to have back aboard feelings officer of the of the former pod, Patrick's Pat. Patrick Patch Hicks. Hey, Patch. Hey, it's good to be back. Glad to be aboard. Awesome. Glad to have you back. And now that you have a quick flyby of who we are and where Cocaine Parties originated from, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of production <laughs> specs for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Sure. The Incredible Shrinking Man was oh my released... Gosh. Um, I forget when. Back in the black and white. And you know time. what? It doesn't matter. Why? Because that's not the movie we're covering. We're covering the incredible shrinking what woman? Honey, I shrunk the kid. Oh, I'm sorry. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Is that better? I don't. Uh, we don't have kids, but that's nice of you to call me, honey. <laughs> oh my gosh, Paul. The name yeah. of the movie is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Wait, that one with from 1989. Oh, not blew that could up have the been kids. brought to my attention yesterday. Not we right. ourselves. Not the TV show. Not a cartoon. 1989. Wow, you 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 want me to make sure I'm reviewing the right movie this time? I appreciate it. All right, now that I've gone back and watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, what was released June 23rd, 1989. Boy, that's around the same time Batman was. Mm-hmm. It runs an hour and 33 minutes and is rated PG. 
It was directed by Joe Captain America Johnson because he did such Captain a good America, job on the Rocketeer Johnson. I was about to say he did such a good job in the Rocketeer. We decided to do another movie by him. <laughs> he actually did this one first, but yes. Yeah. All right. It was written by Stuart Gordon and Brian Yunza and Ed Naha. Now you're just making up names. <laughs> And the music was composed by the legendary James Horner. Are you ready for the box office trivia? I am ready. Patch and Dustin, are you guys ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Awesome. Everyone live in chat, welcome to join in as well. Go for it, Paul. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was made for about $18 million. Really? And earned around $222 million at the box office. Wowza. So given this fact, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among the movies released theatrically in 1989? And because it's 89, we'll go for the top 89. All right. Uh, top 89. Uh, Patch, what is your guess? Six. Six. Okay. That's stronger. There are a lot of amazing movies in 89, but okay. That's that's good. Uh, Dustin, how about you? Well, 89, you know, I mean, 200 and what odd million dollars back then is like a billion dollars in the box office <laughs> right. today. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to go one up. I'll say this was number five. Number five. All right. Uh, let's see. In chat, Ashley guesses nine. Star Fox guesses 10. Everyone's price is right and everyone else. <laughs> um, Apple dollar, is saying, okay. All right. Good. I, that's not really a number, but that's, that's fine. Um, for me... We'll give Bobo the 42. Yeah, I'll give Bobo the 42. He's, uh, I, oh man, guys, I don't, I don't feel like, I don't want, I'll go lucky number seven. We'll do, uh, roulette, because they go to Vegas in the sequel, I'm going to, I'm going to go for lucky number seven, craps table. Okay. All right. Okay. I feel, I feel good. And, uh, Paul, where did I shrunk the kids end up? You bet the house in one, Captain. What? In number seven. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, too bad I blew up that house. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, no. So it wasn't, yeah, seven on red. It wasn't quite 12, Apple. But uh, thank you, everyone, for playing. Uh, and, you know, the captain always wins. But thank you for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind build or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we'll get into once Alice says, once Travis is located, our target film. Alert. Alert. Target located. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. From Walt Disney Pictures, when Wayne Selinski accidentally shrinks his kids. Where are we? They must battle their way back Please. to the one place they think is safe. They're going to head right for the house. I Shrunk the Kids, playing together with a special added attraction. Roger Rabbit's back in an all-new maroon cartoon with baby Herman and America's favorite nurse, Jessica. Thank goodness for modern medicine. Going up. Tummy Trouble, playing only with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Rated PG. Now playing at a theater near you. Yes, see, I'm surprised Paul didn't think we were reviewing Tummy Trouble, but... Yeah, I saw that with this when I rewound, didn't you? (laughs) Don't they go together? At you least know, they're together I, on I my did, VHS tape. I did have some memories of that, but let's find out what we collectively remembered in our memory mind melt synopsis for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. 
the key the key master oh my gosh the key master is bummed that he that he can't get his laser to crush crush nuts like it did in another movie but baseball gets knocked into window hitting the laser to make it shrink things kids get shrunk taken out to the garbage and have to make it back to the house through the wild backyard with epic sprinklers and remote controlled lawnmower ha- hazards Watch what you put in your cereal as Keymaster Jr. almost gets in, but then learns about French class. I get it. French class. But based on those memories, as, oh, I mean, some of that was right, but it, it didn't, it didn't get the, I didn't get the cohesion that full synopsis would have. So I'd say that what memories, those memories were deceptive. But based on those memories, as flawed as they were, what rain did they lead you to predict for this film before your rewatch? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Let's start with Dustin this time. What was your prediction for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Uh, my prediction is classic. Before I watched it again, I thought it would be classic. Mm-hmm. I, I remember really loving this movie as a kid. Um, I actually remembered like when you, when you asked me, say, hey, you want to do Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? I got flooded with memories of this movie. And then when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, I remember this, this, Mm -hmm. that, the the lines, the, even the, the bummer is when I streamed on Disney plus, I didn't get the Roger Rabbit cartoon in the beginning, but I even remember that. I was like, oh, there's so many good things about this movie. Okay. So um, so I was totally on board with with, this is going to be classic. Very cool. How about you, Patch? Well, I'm a little notched down from, from Dustin. I tragic. Got it. Okay. Uh, Paul, (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear how tragic my, it was. What? No. My face just got stepped on by. <laughs> I was Walking just. Out. I was just. I was just. Assume, go ahead, Patch. What was your actual? Just prediction? Jealous? You have popcorn and he doesn't. I know, right? It's this is buttered popcorn too. It's the best. Buttered? It's hey, buttered butter? too. Did what? you get that from a party? From an eighties party? From a specific <laughs> oh party, there, Paul. There's some white stuff in here, but I won't tell you what it is. All right. uh, no, I I I, uh, I pre-voted it nostalgic for uh-huh. similar reasons. I remember it, but mm-hmm. not fondly. And as I watched it, I remember. Oh yeah, I remember that part. I distinctly remember the Cheerios because of the trailer. Yeah. But there were other things that I was like, oh yeah, I'd forgotten about that. So it didn't right. sit as like well in my head as it did Dustin's, but it was definitely one that I do remember enjoying when I watched it. All right. Uh, Paul, how about you? Uh, I remember watching this in the theaters and enjoying it. Um, haven't had any desire to watch it recently, so I put nostalgic. I predicted mm-hmm. nostalgic. Yeah, and I sort of felt the same way. There, I remember thinking it was fine. I, I if I think back on 1989, though, I, I more fondly remember uh, Last Crusade. Batman. I think even Ghostbusters two came out in '89 as well. Well, so. that's tragic. So. Oh, yeah. what? <laughs> Man. Not the first one, just the second one. I like the second one. But regardless, um, it'll be interesting to see if those uh, predictions pan out. But uh, first, let's get into the things we liked most about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Travis? Best bits. All right. Let's start with Patch. What is one thing you liked about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Well, this is one of those classic 80s kids adventures. It's kind of Goonie-esque, complete mm-hmm. yeah, with yeah. tones, uh, th- similar musical themes mm-hmm. from the Goonies. I, I was listening for it because I always read the IMDb trivia before I watch a movie oh, okay. or rewatch. And there were definitely several times where I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely pulled from Goonies. 
Oh, nice. And, you know, and, and some of the story beats are the same. It's about kids separated from their parents going on an adventure. And that was really popular in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Case in point, Adventures in Babysitting, another kind yep. of teen kid movie in the absence of parents either kind of being spiteful of the parents or just they are not around to help you. And I really think that was a strong story type in the 80s that and latchkey movie, kids drew, drew were drawn yeah, to exactly yeah i mean yeah. And, and i was one of those i was a latchkey kid i was like yep I, I i relate to these guys not being shrunk and you know getting lost in my backyard but a lot of the things that they were dealing with the uh the adolescents you know the crushes and things like that thought they played really well in, in a movie like this and mm-hmm. that, that's the classic 80s adventure that's a fun display here dustin were you a latchkey kid and did this relate to you in that way uh, I, I love the adventure part of it. That was actually mm. one of my one of my likes. But I'll pick something else now to talk about. Oh, okay. but no. Um, but in, I also picked up on the the Goonies sound themes. Mm-hmm. I think in the beginning of the movie, I, I and I didn't look on IMDb, but I just kind of heard the. I was like, that sounds like the tone for the Goonies, and then oh, the wow. ending of it went a different direction. But it definitely mm-hmm. opened up with the same like intro to one of the songs as a Goonies song. Oh, that's wow. interesting. I, was, I didn't I was pick like, up. Oh, that's cool on that at all but i haven't seen the goonies in a while while, so since last time we reviewed it which is a great podcast if you haven't listened to it paul what episode is that that's episode google it yourself and find (laughs) out (laughs) (laughs) um but so but something i did like about this movie i i actually really liked the pacing of this movie i felt like uh i felt like there was no real dead time no like all right when's the next thing gonna happen it's just uh from the opening scene, you get the the kids bantering with each other, and then it's you know you see that why the dad is quirky. There's marriage issues. Jump to mm. the neighbor's house. Baseball through the window. They're shrunk, and it, it just moves. The whole movie yeah. just moves through. Absolutely, and, um, I, I really, really like that. Unlike modern movies, it's only an hour and a half long, which is so nice. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I right. was like, oh wow, this is like a breeze. That's craziness. Yeah. Um, and you touched on uh, how how fast it moves, and I think. It, that doesn't, um, even though it, it's quickly, it moves quick, it's paced well, it doesn't sacrifice character growth. Like, I, I loved seeing, the, something that made my like was, I love seeing how the kids start off with all this animosity toward each other, between mm. the siblings, between the uh, between the two families and that they really learn to work as a team and grow, and grow this fondness for each other. Like mm. we're, we got, we got to work together. We're not going to survive this. And I just, I appreciate that so much seeing that. And, uh, so yeah, that was something I really liked. Yeah. I thought it was a little unbelievable that the parents got along so well, so quickly that, at the end, yes, but that uh, I the, will, the kids, yeah. but the kids. we spent more time with the kids. So that's exactly. understandable. Exactly. But I did like, like, Oh, now there there's forgiveness involved. Yeah, and I enjoyed yeah. that, that aspect. Yeah. What else did you enjoy, Paul? I really enjoyed, this is something that you don't often see. Um, you see it here and there, like a few of the pink original pink Panther movies had this, but it's the animated opening sequence with the titles that it's mm. like it's almost its own little short. I love that. It's very creative. I wish more movies did that. It's a fun little uh I don't know. It's just fun. They kind of do it nowadays with some of these credits at the end where they try to do some of these, but it's not the same as these characters like running around the yeah. the, the 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 fonts and everything. So Yeah. So I will say one thing about it. I I 
I seem to recall as I was watching this, I remember that we this was one of those movies that Jared had corrupted, so we we lost it. But I was able to recapture some of the memories of it. I remember not liking the intro originally when we covered this back in episode, I think it was 14. Um, but I actually appreciated it a lot more this time. However, some of the fonts, I, if I was that person, I'd be upset because it just looks like squiggles. You can't read what it is. Like the coloring <laughs> and the font choice was poor. You can't tell whose that is, what name that is. So. You know, the one team. guy here not wearing glasses, I could read all the names. Okay, <laughs> just saying it was all good. Uh, I, I I think the cartoon opening really set the tone for the movie from the get go. Yeah, okay, it yeah. really did. Yeah, I could see. And that. I and I would put that in the same category as Christmas Vacation. Great yes. cartoon opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better yeah. off dead. Another good eighties oh, movie. Another great good cartoon one. opening. Uh, just it's it's a rare thing. And I yeah. was even thinking about this today, sort of unrelated to this, or last night. I had. I'd seen that um, HBO Max or Max as it's called now mm-hmm. recently added Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and that has one of the best opening title sequences because it just displays all this making of chocolate. And I think, in general, my point being that opening titles I think are a lost art where yeah. you have cold opens for everything, yeah. And instead of just bleeding into capturing the tone of something, Dustin, you make a great point that sometimes it makes more sense to just let the credits put you in there as opposed yeah. to dropping you right into the story. Sometimes it works. Mm-hmm. And for the bigger blockbusters, yeah, it makes sense to just kind of go right there. But there, there's just something about opening credits that I don't think gets a lot of love anymore. That it's just a yeah. title sequence. I think it's kind of being made up for with Marvel with their uh, end title sequence. I think the the Spider-Verse credits are fantastic. I think mm-hmm. the the last two Turtle movies, not the um, not the uh, animated one, but the last two live actions, mm-hmm. they had some really great uh, closing title sequences. But Paul, you're right; opening titles are are stories that you can tell. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Dustin, to your point, they just they set a tone. Yeah. And this was a quirky movie that's going to have a lot of like backyard adventure, literal back, backyard adventure. It's it's not something that's trying to be any bigger than it is. Yeah. And ironically, everything is big in it. So <laughs> <laughs> was that your other like patch, just the the opening tiles or was it something else? No, I uh, I, I really like the uh, the take on the father figure. So you have Rick, Roman- Rick Moranis' character, Wayne Zielinski, playing opposite Big Russ Thompson. And they mm-hmm. both have flaws as, as characters. They're both... Yeah estranged from their children they're both wanting different things uh either for themselves or from their kids for their own purpose Mm -hmm. and i thought that's an interesting take on the fact that by the end of the movie we don't really get redemption per se because like wayne Zelinsky and his wife are not necessarily i couldn't really tell if they were on the verge of divorce or if they were just having challenges because he's trying to be an inventor and she's trying to support him and whatever. But by the end of the movie, I didn't feel like it was so cookie cutter wrap up that they were like the, the father figure was a little bit more realistic to me. And I mm-hmm. thought that that's kind of, even though it's lighthearted, there mm-hmm. is a, there is some stuff there that as a father myself, I go, yep, I can definitely relate to Zelensky yeah. in some ways, or, or yeah, I can definitely relate to big Russ in a lot of ways. And there's, yeah, you know, there's this some is, serious tones yeah. and drama, good drama in there. Yeah. Yeah. With the, yeah. yeah. The, the scene that you know, one of the scenes you're referring to when uh, just opening scene, when Nick comes in, he's like, yeah, yeah, Nick, I'll, I'll be on in a second. The minute I watched that, I immediately thought, how many times have I done that to my mm. own daughter? 
Mm-hmm. Texting, just, texting from I'm, a different room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, just just the whole. Uh, one of my daughters comes in, Dad, can you do this? And I'm like, Yeah, I'll just go home. I'll be on in a second. And and then looking back at it, I mean, even in those moments, going, I can stop this right now. I can go. I can go be dad for a minute. This is not that important compared to mm-hmm. spending time with my kids. So yeah, I, mm-hmm. I totally appreciate that point. I, I picked up on that too. Yeah, I I'll have a little more to say about that later, but I can totally see what you guys are saying with that. Absolutely. Um, let's see, Paul, what's something you have to say now about something you liked? Something that I appreciate that, um, I was not really expecting from this kind of movie. It's, Mm. it's a, like an action adventure movie for kids is the humor sprinkled throughout it. It's just, it's not like, oh, this is hilarious movie, but the tone of it is that it's a lot of little things, a lot of. Like even like at the beginning, uh, the the son says to the dad, "Hey, it's mom." He turns around, where? And it's like, no, it's not here on the phone. I it, it, I don't do it justice. I can't explain yeah. it, but I enjoy it, and it's peppered throughout. It's not like just at the beginning, and it's like even throughout. You blew, so I enjoy you blew that. Up my kids, no, there'd be pieces of them everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the or the um, did you report or children missing? Oh no, there must be some mistake. My kids are in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that, yeah, and then her fainting. That you're right, Paul. There were those these comedic beats that I think yeah. really helped um, bring levity without making it without detracting from the seriousness. I mean, exactly as seriousness, that's, I'm using that a little, uh, uh, it wasn't like super like drama or anything, but you know, this, you're trying to rescue your kids. There is a seriousness to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Dustin, let's go to you. What's something that you seriously liked? Um, I, I loved the banter. Just all, all the kids bantering. I, I thought they come coming from a huge family myself. Um, I'm number seven of fifteen kids. Whoa! Yeah. So um, so there is uh, a lot of sibling banter that happens, and I think <laughs> even though it was two kids and neighbors, you know, the the four of them together, they bantered like they were siblings. Yeah. And um, it's for for me, it was just kind of laughing, like, oh my gosh, we would totally do that to each other and poke at each other, make fun of each other. And yeah. I liked it. I really, really liked it. It felt real coming from them. Yeah, yeah. But it, absolutely. It the way they delivered their lines, it felt natural. You know, mm-hmm. it just the, the way it just felt like. And I don't know how much of it was scripted versus how much of it was them genuinely just making fun of each other in the moment for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. But um, but I liked it. I was totally bought in on these are kids that just want to poke each other's buttons. I, mm-hmm. I really liked it. <laughs> I don't know if I liked it so much, but I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I want harmony, but I mean, I I like that they get to that point. So you have to show to to have an arc. You have to show where they're disharmonious. Otherwise, it's just like it's boring. If you so just I, want harmony, you can go watch an episode of Barney or something, Francisco. I mean, come on. You're hilarious. Conflict. Dustin. Conflict. Conflict yes, and resolution. Conflict. I know. I okay. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just didn't like it at first. But it not it, it wasn't as bad. I it didn't bother me to the point where it made my dislike list. So I'll say that. But something that else that made my like list, and uh Dale had mentioned this uh, a bit earlier, was the visuals in this movie. What was that? I said, who's Dale? You said Dale, Dale mentioned this. Yeah, Dale in chat. He, oh, in the chat. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
So mentioned- people listening along, you're not missing anything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he mentioned that he really liked the visuals. I, I think I'm remembering that right, Dale. And I thought they, there were some exceptions, but on the whole, I was really impressed with how well, especially the, the scaling of seeing everything big around the kids. I think there's some physics issues where like wire drops, I think they wouldn't be able to escape from and wire didn't work in the way it would if they're really that size. Other than that, um, I really appreciate just uh, how everything looked like they were really shrunk down and especially yeah. up in, when it first happens and they're up in the attic and the, with the broom and all the, yeah. the parts flying out the machine. I'm like, wow, this is just so the, well done. The practical, practical yeah, And even yeah. the cinematography, effects. having the camera so low with such a wide uh, field, uh, field of view, uh, sure. wide angle. Wide angle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just thought that was really great to evoke that sense of like you are super tiny. So – I was, I just really appreciate that. And just to cap it off, the the puppeteering on Auntie, I just I really I thought was so good. Not mm. so much the stop motion, which I'll talk to later. But, oh, okay. But uh the puppeteering for Auntie, I, I just enjoyed so so much. So that is something else I liked. Now though, let's get to the things we loved the most about Honey I Shrunk the Kids. And let's go to Patch. What's your classic maker, Patch? Inventions. I love the inventions in this movie from start to finish. So I am a huge fan of Back to the Future. And one of the reasons why, one of the thousands of reasons of why why I am is that opening sequence with all the clocks and the the, the Rube Goldberg device where it's all kind of, everything's connected. And I love movies that that show off the practicality of inventions, not just for invention's sake, but when you have a lawnmower and the way that Wayne has to finagle this contraption to float above his yard. Uh, But even even the stuff in the kitchen that uh, that is sort of rudimentary automation. I love stuff stuff like that because it takes some kind of thought from a filmmaking standpoint to say, okay, look, we want to make sure this looks good, mm-hmm. but we want to make sure it doesn't look too good. So it's kind of like I was watching um, a movie called Sing Street, and it takes place in the eighties. And you it's and this, your Sing Street. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? I spent two and a half hours last night talking to a fellow lover of that movie, all it's recorded, and and it's a great movie and. So Scott Pilgrim versus the world, but all right. You know what? Apples to oranges. I'm going to put some powder in your face right now. Anyway, but the the fact is, there's when you when you make a movie and you're trying to like devalue a scene, yeah. like you're trying to make something look rudimentary, like distressed almost. Not distressed, but like so in in Age. Sing Street, you have this band who is trying to put together a music video, mm-hmm. and so. Mm-hmm. You see the music video play out, but it's very elementary, very yeah. like raw, no edits. There's, you know, jumping of the camera and stuff. But you have to think very, like, specifically about that as a filmmaker. How do we get this to look like it was made by kids yeah. without making it look stupid? And I think yeah, yeah, these yeah. inventions and how they came to be felt natural to Zelensky's yeah, personality. Like these are inventions, not by Doc Brown, not by a really like fantastic, uh, well-known scientist, but a dad, a, f- a husband yeah. and who's an inventor in that order. Right. So mm-hmm. he's a guy who is struggling to get this shrink ray marketed in some way. So his, his inventions are sort of rudimentary kind of like yeah. him. And I like that they reflect who he is, not yeah, necessarily that they're yeah. perfect by any means, but they, yeah. they work to a, to a fault. 
Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate it. So I, I liked I, all the adventure. Yeah, I liked all the inventions. Very, very cool. Um, do you have, I'm curious, in all of cinema, of what you've seen, do you have oh, a wow. favorite invention? Uh, the DeLorean. Yeah, okay. that's oh, my yeah. go-to. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to do a one eating go, the hot tub time machine. Because that, <laughs> <one. laughs> that makes more sense than a flying uh-huh. <laughs> Real quick, uh, Paul, what, do you have a, DeLorean's your favorite invention? That's the thing that came to my mind. Okay, how about you, Dustin? Oh, um, it would probably be this machine, actually. Oh, really? Okay. The, the shrinking machine? The, the, the shrink ray that also does the, you know, enlarging as we see at the end of this movie. And yes, then the yes, yes. Because I, I'm always a fan of, hey, bigger is better. So if we can take that Sour Patch Kid and make that thing the size of my <laughs> house, oh my gosh, that is awesome. Let's go. But how much air are you eating? Like I guess bear. it doesn't matter. Gummy bear to do that. Yeah. Let's, don't get me started on density and like, because... Oh, I'm going to talk about that in my dislikes. Okay, all right. Then then we'll we'll table it for now. Um, But awesome. You are my Uh, density. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's pop me to you. (laughs) I I do want to say, though, this being the first podcast that I'm on with Patch and I'm getting all these powder jokes, I just want to know, do you guys have it on the calendar 15 years to the day when you get to review Cocaine Bear? No, <laughs> but we do have powder listed. No, I'm joking. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I still want to, I haven't seen Cocaine Bear. I do want to see it though. I, I haven't either. And I've heard fun things about that movie, but yes, I haven't seen it. Exactly. Have you seen that patch? No, I've not. I, I didn't really, I, the, the absurdity of the story inspired by an actual event, like that's, <laughs> That's really what it is. It, it, yeah, I, I was. I didn't have any interest in seeing. I, I heard from a guy who saw it. He said the movie knows what it is and it owns it. He goes, yeah, "That's the right. best I can describe." That's very fair. self-aware. I've heard. Yeah, very yeah, much fair. self-aware. <laughs> all right, enough cocaine bear. Let's get back to Back to the Future. Okay, so I really like this part where uh, Marty. No, I'm kidding. Uh, let's go to. <laughs> let's go to Dustin next for your classic maker. What did you love most about Honey I Shrunk the Kids? Uh, mine, and we, we kind of touched on it already. I loved how they really did the special effects of the kids being small, the pops mm-hmm. being big, sliding yeah. down the blade of grass into yes. the, the garden, the rocks, the the pollen. I, I, I loved it. I was mm-hmm. like, this mm-hmm. for for a, a movie that used some CGI and you know, in certain scenes <laughs> that you could clearly tell, wow, that's CGI. But then again, you got it, the year it was made has to come into account. Um, I thought it was practical effects were awesome in this movie. Yeah. I really, yeah. really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, just the, the screws falling, the machine falling apart. I, I did notice different things like, okay, if the sprinklers were going as fast as they are in real time, it wouldn't be a, you know, boom, <laughs> boom, but water drops. No, when you're small, it slows down Everything time. slows down. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, but I, I really, really liked being pulled in the environment of feeling like you're shrunk. They're mm-hmm. small kids. So I thought they did a good job with it. Awesome. Um, well, part of being them being shrunk sort of leads to my classic maker, and that's <laughs> them being shrunk. No, so you have this scene where they're sleeping uh, or they're they're dozing, and then uh, the scorpion comes, and they're like ah, and then Auntie comes back and starts to fight the scorpion, trying to save his friends, and I love that Auntie dies. I know that sounds horrible. It's a great you are Disney heartless. Film. You like Artax sinking in the quicksand too, didn't no. you? Here's the thing. 
Here's why I love it and why so many movies these days shy away from it because it builds stakes. It makes things matter. There's you have a character that you care about die. It means the other characters could die, too. And you're even more invested in getting them to the end and not dying by being shocked by their death. So watching an ant die made you feel more fear for the humans. Yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because because you I mean. Am I alone? Am I the only one who felt like a uh, who anthropomorphized Auntie in a way and that you cared about Auntie? Or you guys, oh, it's just dumb Auntie. It doesn't matter. No, I, I'm just poking fun. I, I cared about Auntie. Okay, you know, they they played right. that well. They, they built the relationship good with it wasn't just following the cookie anymore. It was attached to them, not just yeah, the food. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And exactly. I think that's the first time you really see, is it Russell? Mm-hmm. Um, you see that side of Russell. Yes. Because he's, he's totally the the bully or the boss, you know, you're a twerp, you're a nerd. I hate you. This life, my dad, blah, blah. And then he breaks down for, that's not Russell. Aunt. That's Ron. Ron. Oh, that is Ron. Ron yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The, the younger brother oh, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Right? Sorry. Russell's yeah. the older brother. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, but the younger brother. Yeah. You see that emotional side of him come out through this adventure and especially mm-hmm. with the aunt. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so that so, is my classic maker is that they actually, you know what? Allowed a character that you cared about to die to raise the stakes for all the other characters. What so. made Disney great, right? Killing the, the they, they character you care the, about? Yeah. Absolutely. Usually it's in the opening scene, but hey. But So when the ant died, did you cheer? Yeah! <laughs> no, no, Was that no, your favorite no. part? No, it's my favorite. Emotionally, it's my favorite part. It's not my... I'm not glad it happened, mm-hmm. but I know why it happened, and, and it made the movie all the more uh, suspenseful. So and you're glad it, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes or no question. From, from a high level, from a movie-making, storytelling perspective, I'm glad it happened. From an yeah! emotional, I care about this character level, I'm not glad it happened. We, we here at Feel and Film endorse Francisco's <laughs> emotional response to Auntie's death. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, did you guys ever cover High I Shrunk the Kids on Feel and Film? No, and okay. we probably won't. All <laughs> just, right, fine. Just saying. Oh, I just here. So wonder why his here. boat's going to be at the end of the movie. Oh, my <laughs> word. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I think that leaves Paul. What was your classic yeah. maker for High I Shrunk the Kids? So Patch touched on this and, mm. and and Dustin flat out said it. And that's basically the pacing of this. I enjoyed it's not just the pacing, but the number of perilous sequences yeah. paced throughout it was yeah. and perilous. Not not perilous, perilous. If that uh, makes yeah. Sense. perilous, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moments of great peril. Yeah. Yes. So you have, you know, the flight of with the bumblebees, the water drops, the scorpions, the lawnmower. Getting eaten by a big Cheerio. I mean, it just goes boom, boom, boom yeah, through yeah, all yeah. these, and they're all, and they all, they all do a good job of of keeping your attention and like, like, oh, this is makes it part of the fun adventure. So, I, I, I guess the, it's it kind of reminded me of like Indiana Jones and the uh and the Raiders of the Lost Ark has those uh has like yeah. different sequences that are evenly mm-hmm. paced so it reminded me of that mm-hmm. yeah absolutely okay so just okay so just sort of the pacing but also the 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 sort of set pieces and the yeah and, okay that's that's really awesome okay well very cool guys um you know what so there's things we liked but 
unfortunately, there's also things we probably didn't like about Honey Strength for Kids. So let's get. Oh, whoops. Uh, hey, sorry. <laughs> so, sorry. Sorry, Big Russ Thompson. There's one more thing I liked that I totally forgot about, and that's playing games with strangers. Playing Games with Strangers is a family-friendly actual play podcast where <clears throat> indie voice actors uh, play get together and play tabletop role-playing games. You can listen to the adventure unfold as they roll dice, slay monsters, and have fun. All at PlayingGamesWithStrangers.com That's great, Francisco, but were these kids <clears throat> playing games with each other because they were strangers? What, why is that a like for this movie? Well, I'm sh- they were fine like the monster scorpion, and you fight monsters in like tabletop role playing games, so it's kind of the same. Uh huh. But what does that have to do with this move? What you does this movie some, have to do with that? Th- I have some trivia that has to do with this movie. How about okay, that? Okay, that, yes, that would be much better. <laughs> all right. Did you all realize that Matt Furrer, I can never say his name right, Matt Furrer, who plays Big Russ Thompson, says says in the movie he was captain of the football team in high school. Uh, and Matt himself, Matt Furrer, was actually the quarterback in real life of his high school team. Yeah. So my question to you all is, did you, did you play any sports growing up? And were you the captain of any of those sports teams? So let's begin with Paul. No. Um, I, I, <laughs> I hate sports ball. No, I... I, I I played soccer oh, okay. at five, and then I played baseball for a couple of years in elementary. But I was never the captain. Captain, I've right. always been the uh, the Andy Richter to the Conan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> he has dot com in his name, and you're asking if he was the athlete. Yeah, <laughs> good point. It's possible. I uh, guess I'm the captain of my own dot com. How oh about that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dustin, how about you? Um, yes, I played lots of sports growing up. Um, okay. the, the main two that I played in Excel that I played baseball through high school and I mm-hmm. played football through high school. Okay, and, cool. uh, and yes, I was the captain on the teams. Oh, really? On oh, wow. They, you were I allowed was, to do that? I, well, but the sports are different seasons, so I was never playing at the same time. Yeah, but... but- but that means that you have like two jackets or something. I was, I'm, I'm kind of a big deal. All right. I mean, <laughs> all right fair enough. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I did uh, baseball. I played catcher and I was captain of the team. And then football, I was offensive and defensive lineman. But um, I, I made the, the all-star squad and was captain of the team as well. And then, wow. yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I loved sports. Big part of my life growing up. I didn't realize oh, we had awesome. Mr. USA here. Good job. <laughs> and Patch, how about you? Not a captain, but I did team sports through elementary school, and then mm-hmm. I really switched over to uh, single, like independent sports, like tennis and uh, martial arts and things like that as oh, cool. a teenager. So, yeah, sweet. My my son plays soccer. He's not a mm-hmm. captain, but sometimes he feels like he is because he knows a lot of soccer stuff. But we try uh-huh. to have to scale him back. And say, hey, listen, the other eight players in your team they know stuff too. So, <laughs> cool. Bring it back, son. Exactly. <laughs> I do want to take a minute to acknowledge Dale White's comments in the chat. Mm. I don't know if you guys saw that. That's so when when kids cry after Bambi's mom dies, Francisco can be heard calmly going, "Good." <laughs> yeah. Uh, Comment of, of the night, right there. I love it. Wow, <laughs> Dale. 
wow. Francisco, how about you? Were you ever in sports and re- were you a captain or so? N- no, I was never a cat. Uh, I'm a captain of the of the sport of podcasting, right here. Oh, is is that why you decided to go into <laughs> podcasting and be a captain there? No, so um, I uh, did was al- almost played some t-ball or some baseball in elementary school, but that didn't happen. And I uh, never really did much sports ex- except for wherever we played in PE. So okay. a little bit of tennis, a little bit of baseball, a little bit of basketball, that type of stuff. Get hit um, with the dodgeball. Exactly. I always <laughs> wished it was like, I was always so thankful when it was dodgeball day because I love playing dodgeball, but it, uh, it didn't happen as often as I would like. Yeah. Well, great trivia, Francisco. Thank you, Paul. Maybe we'll cover dodgeball a different day. But for now, that we've all had some trivial fun, let's find out what memories you or awesome rewinders had about dodgeball. I mean, honey, I shrunk the kids. <laughs> Wordy L. White says he loves when Ben Stiller goes, no, um, uh, I remember Wordy L. White says, I remember having a big time watching, I remember having a, a big time watching Barney Rubble, Rick Moranis, Mrs. Cotter, Marcia uh, Strassman, and Max Headroom, Matt Furrer, try to c- 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 catch their kids before they step on them on them like bugs. It was a fun movie with a lot of great effects. Ah, ah, ah. <clears throat> so Benjamin T. Van Deepen says, Muscle Russell. David Gardner says, Sleeping in Legos, giant oatmeal cream pies, and self-propelled lawnmowers many years before its time. Stephen Forrester says, I remember the Thompsons having to cancel their planned vacation with the Foresters because their kids went missing. I thought it was hilarious since my last name happened to be Forrester. Forrester. <laughs> I remember many things about this film. Some might consider it cheesy today, but it was such a late 80s, early 90s good time filled with an original story, special effects, and a great mix of character personalities that made it special. Rish, uh, Christian Rish Victor set, left a gif of Nick and the Cheerio. Yeah. That's forever burned in your memory. <laughs> Indeed. Kevin Joshua Burnham says... Is this the first time something like this has been done? No. It is. Tr- is it truly ahead of its time? Nah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids isn't as, as original as someone filled with nostalgia may say. It is, however, enjoyable at times with a fun title to say. Fairly decent for a family watch. Oh, speaking of fun title, do you know the original name of this uh, movie? Teeny Weenies, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Little fun uh, fact. Another one was Grounded, which I thought was actually I really liked that. But, that's the name of a game that's based on Yeah, I was about to say, the, yeah, that's a oh, game really? the game oh, okay. is is out that's based on this. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Mike Fraley uh, says, I remember going to the film in the theater as a date in junior high. The part of the movie I remember most was being really nervous as to whether or not I should, uh, dang it, I was trying to make a joke there, whether or not I should hold her hand. I was going to say whether or not we should go to French class together, but... <laughs> Wow, because that's what Alex Ortiz remembers. French class. (laughs) And Who Will Save Generation X podcast says, I never watched it. It looks slow and boring. Slow and boring. You'll never save Generation X with that attitude. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Well, thank you all for sharing those memories. And Who Will Save Generation X's uh, podcast comment sort of leads us right into the things we didn't like. And maybe there are some reasons that... Some things that did make high and shrink the kids slow and boring. Travis, bring up our dislike section. Worst, worst. 
and uh, I will start things off. No kicking here. I'm going to start things off by uh, saying, uh, so I mentioned how I'm, how much I like the effects, but I got to say that B riding, the blue screen they use, the same thing they have with, with Rocketeer. It's just so perceivable that's a blue screen effect. I think they did amazing camera work to make it seem like you're going around this this uh, backyard. Yeah, but it's I thought just, the camera work was amazing. On yeah, that. but it just did not. I, I think I'm too too. Um, I just can see the seams too well these days that yeah. it doesn't. It pulls me out of the movie. But so how would you compare that to a movie in its time that did it better? You shrink it down. <laughs> um, well, because I, I, I agree with you that you know I mean, the, the comment think, there, but I think Star Wars is sort of the banner for being able to put things in, like the 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 speeder bike chase in the Forest Moon of Endor. I think does it better. It's and it's you're going around fast. You can see the seams somewhat, but you it doesn't. It, it mm-hmm. still holds up a lot better than this did. And the original Superman movie in '78 has some great flying scenes where you it still holds up pretty well comparatively. Mm. Well, there you go. I think it's just a matter of time. That people yeah, how take much time you yeah the to, time to, to yeah. like man because you have to manually go in frame by frame and and like kind of blur those lines mm-hmm. where money says no. <laughs> <laughs> what does what does the money say today? Uh, it still says no. <laughs> All right, so that's the thing I didn't uh, care for, but that's sort of a minor quibble. Uh, Dustin, what's something you didn't like? Uh, did it bother anybody else? Yes. That- Oh, Sorry, good. Go We're on the same page. Yeah. When Mr. and Mrs. Selinsky are on their little doohickey thing, you know, with magnifying glass at night over the lawn looking for the kids, when yeah. she goes, she, she makes a comment like, we need to go on whatever her comment is. And we then she just tell drops the him. She just drops him on the grass. Yeah. Yeah. And they are fully aware that the kids are back there somewhere. And yeah. she just goes like, drop, smash. I'm like, that, come on. Well, for- she dropped herself onto <laughs> on the, the st- pavement. Yeah, yeah, but, but still. also dropped her husband and, and that, all over the lawn. Yeah, that, yeah. that, for me right there, I was like, okay, that, no. Yeah. Maybe on. she didn't mean to. Well, she didn't even, him. in that moment, show a, oh, no, like, there was no... Yeah, there yeah. was no remorse he, on her he end. clearly yeah. panicked, like, I yeah. could have just squished my kids what's going on, and she was just like, we need to go inside. We need to tell them. We need to go tell them what's going on. I was Look, like, we oh, can step that's... on them all day long. They'll be fine. Let's <laughs> you, go. I, I may have just killed my kids. Let's go tell the neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> we were looking, but now it may be too late. So that, that scene, what's funny is, I've never watched it, you know, preparing for a podcast, you know, like uh. find out we like. But so when I was looking for things like, all right, what's going to bother me in this? That that seemed bothered me. Not the tragic maker, but it bothered me. Yeah. yeah. No, I can I can totally get behind that. Uh, Patch, was there something about how the parents interacted with the kids when they're small that bothered you? Or is it something else that made your disappointment? No, I, I think I think the foresters were a wasted set of yeah <laughs> oh my gosh yes i i think that they had so much potential particularly sorry Stephen forrester, forrester. <laughs> no, forrester no 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 shade on you but just these characters <laughs> but they roll up in this they roll up in this uh this rv and you get the context they're gonna go fishing with uh with big russ and his family and he's excited 
his wife with her puppy or whatever she was carrying is yeah. like, can we just go? And he's like, get back on the, you know, whatever. Your neighbors like, are flying. Yeah. It's like five minutes of these two characters that really don't serve much of a purpose aside yeah. from just being comic relief. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that, but they don't even feel that memorable. I mean, memorable enough to bring it up and saying they're not really. <laughs> I was about to, I was just about saying, to disagree with you because you're bringing it up. <laughs> I'm bringing it up because they don't provide all, the only thing they do is from a plot standpoint is provide context to the fact that Zelensky is flying in his backyard yeah. and it, it creates, it creates a, um, an aha moment for big Russ and his wife to go, Hey, what's going on over there? But you could do that differently. You don't have to have yeah. these other two characters. I just feel like it's a waste. It's a wasted set of two characters. Oh, I think it before. adds texture to I, it. I, I think it adds like sandpaper. I mean, it's not <laughs> good. I, I think I think it added to Big Russ's character more than anything else because um, in that moment, his wife goes, "You need to go tell him the truth." All right, and he goes out there and he doesn't tell him the truth. And so I think yeah. what, what I picked up from that scene was more of getting to know who he is, and he's sure. not a. He's not. I mean, he was he was lying about the the smoking. Um, he's lying to his friends. I, I think it developed more of how he's dealing with insecurities in his life and what's going on. That, that, that's what I pulled from it. I, I won't I, disagree with that, but I don't know that it works in the context of this movie. I think that that's, that's admirable to do that, to give him a little bit more roundedness of a character. But I'll get into that in one of my other dislikes with regard to just the... I, I don't know that he didn't necessarily deserve to have roundedness as a character as so, much as you're explaining, so Patch, would you prefer this to be a deleted scene? Like it, it works. The, the movie works better without it. Well, no, I don't think it. So I, I think the, the 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 pacing doesn't get off because of it. It's not yeah. like oh my gosh, this is an eyesore. It just didn't add <laughs> to any kind of like if I if I'm walking through this movie, I'm looking at big Cheerios and set pieces and funny yeah, yeah. lines from Wayne Zelinsky, and then because it's odd these two people that are coming in to go fishing in their RV for just like a haha moment. And so sure. I just, I, I don't think it changed the tone necessarily. It was consistent with the tone. It just felt wasted. Like I, I would have wanted more of their characters come back later. Yeah, know, exactly. Or, 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 or do yeah. have some resolution, at least let them go and then do your fun kind of high five uh, secret handshake that, I mean, those things are cool, but they kind of hint at, I think characters that were sort of an afterthought during yeah. the script development. Do That's kind of what I was thinking at. Do you, mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity, do you feel the same way about the police officers that were there at, at the house? The, Maybe, the only yeah. correct response to this is, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I would say yes, because I think what the movie is successful at maybe without trying to do so is it keeps it at home. It keeps it between families. You don't have to have, it's not a neighborhood watch type thing. Yes. It's, it's a big, it's a crisis. Your kids are small and stuck in your backyard and you don't want to kill them at the same time. This is homegrown. This is family. This is like, let's keep it between these two families because that's who it's about. It's different from a movie like Goonies where they're going on the adventure and the adventure is past the goondocks it's all over a story or in this other place so Mm -hmm. it makes sense that they travel a little bit this is a backyard story yeah and to have police officers again it wasn't bad but it wasn't something like i just feel like tertiary characters that come in like the police officer and like this couple just don't add to what we're already getting is what i'm getting at i think it would have been 
here here's my Francisco's Fabulous fan. Oh, here it comes. For, <laughs> for how to better use these characters, I think in a, in a fun way. I that uh, you find some. So the the laser starts going haywire again, shoots out the window, and as they're driving away, it shrinks their the Forester's RV down, and they're all tiny. And then there's there's they're just. Uh, Shrunk for the rest of the lives, try to figure out a way where they should go. Oh, well, we're, we're stuck like this now. So what adventures can we go on just as this in the shrunk down RV? I think that would have been sort of clever or you, you, they are able to find them later and shrink them, bring them back up. But I think, think that would have been fun if even they got shrunk first and then you kept coming back to them as sort of like a little like aside of where are they doing now? Oh, what zaniness is going on over here? I think that would have been more interest an interesting use of their characters. It may not have worked, but I think that would have been a little funner to, to have that happen. Right. Oh, uh, right. Okay. See, I think I agree. I agree with that. All right. See, I, I disagree. Think that, is, I'm, 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 that adds runtime to I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a writing, good I'm time writing movie. the time stamp of like, okay, that's when he said his fan fiction because he usually does that every episode. I was just writing the, the time stamp. <sighs> <laughs> right. Anyway, you, you just went from an hour and a half movie to a two hour and 10 minute movie, though, with that. No, so it'd be like an hour 40, guys. You're not spending that much time. <laughs> Give me my nine minutes back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Paul, was there something yeah. about the timing of this film that you didn't like, or was it something? No, else? that was my classic maker. Don't ruin the oh. timing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, the little quibble I had, uh, the the scene that that like like uh, Dustin was saying that is like, oh no, that's just wrong. Is or the the one that pulled me out of the movie is mm. is uh, Ronald Thompson, the younger brother, mm-hmm. playing baseball in a small backyard. Trying to swing and hit the ball. He's old enough to know better. Like, that ball is going to go flying several houses down. Now, it would make sense if he was mad and he just, like, swung at the ball because he was mad with his dad or something. Yeah, yeah. That would have been better rather than, all right, let's just take a swing and a miss. I I had that, too. (laughs) You know what? Yeah, and that would have made sense if it's, like, always caring about my older brother or never care about me. I think that would have made a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Good point. As the captain of the baseball team, let me say, that was very poor judgment on his part. Yes, yes. absolutely. Um, Patch, what was some that was poor judgment on the part of the movie for you? So I'm going to be the guy that gets the booze, and Paul, get your get your soundboard ready. Um, the practical yeah! effects for me... Okay, that's good too. <laughs> I'll take that. The, the practical, practical effects are okay, and I can... I did see why when I was younger, why the appeal was there. Mm-hmm. I mean, when a trailer shows a kid in a giant bowl of Cheerios, I'm like, I want to see that. Yeah. And I think, I think Dale said earlier, like he loved the fact that you have this theme park feel to it. Yeah. The issue I have with it is that that takes over everything else. Like when I think about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I don't think about the things that we're talking about here. Mm. I think about big sets and and an attempt at practical effects. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Mm. But when you have a set that is sort of constructed on a lot, like it's not on location, yeah, it yeah. feels very constructed. Even the neighborhood feels constructed. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't feel as realistic. And again, I, I know I talked about this, this kind of homegrown story. I feel like it was sort of cheaply made and all yeah. the, all the budget kind of went into the practical effects because they knew that's what was going to appeal to kids. And that's fine. It's really yeah. cool to be able to, 
have those things. And it's really fun to watch them slide down a leaf and, and sleep in a Lego. I mean, those are, those are like kind of wishful thinking, like, Oh, if I were small, what would I do? And that's fine. It just, for me, I know that in 1987, two years before you had a movie like inner space that took advantage Mm. of both digital and practical effects in a miniaturized environment. You had uh, CG of the inside of a body, but you also had some practical effects showing like skin and the inside of an ear. And now, that Pat, stuff was they really... were inside Marin Shore's body. <laughs> that was all real footage. Little baby, little baby chips, right? Yeah, exactly. like little, little pod. Um, <laughs> and, and coincidentally, you had another great uh, comedian in Rick Moranis or mm-hmm. not Rick Moranis, but um, Martin Short in yeah. that movie also well, featuring amigos, Mark L. So Taylor. He is one of the amigos, yeah. yeah. Uh, also featuring Mark Taylor, who played Don Forrester in this movie, in a better role in, in this in this case. Uh, oh, okay. But I think that the I think that the overall effects worked as a as a when I say circus act, I don't mean it disrespectful. I just mean it's like it's novelty. It's a novelty. Ah, oh, gotcha. Whereas gotcha, gotcha. you're watching them interact with toys and interact mm-hmm. with with the theme park like it's like watching someone play at disneyland or something like that after a while it's like okay where's the rest of the story does it does it kind of make it more appealing and for me that's kind of when that out distances the story that's when i have a little bit of an issue with it they're great effects and they're they're lots of fun to watch but it's really more of just kind of passive observation as opposed to really getting into okay how big is this adventure going to be? Mm-hmm. And it's only as big as the sets that you sort of put them on at that point. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, I can kind of see that. I still feel like it. it the The sets did a, a good job of uh, immerse, immer, um, um, immersion. Yeah, immersion into this world of being shrunk in a backyard. But, but, I, but I'm curious. What? No, wait, was, wait, 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 oh. wait, wait. Before you go on. Okay. Did you? You said the sets did a good job of the immersion. Did it feel like it was shot on a set? I mean, because it did I to know me. they can't. Th- you can't no, go somewhere like it, where no, grass, where it simulates you well, being a quarter inch. I you thought they were in the rainforest. That. All right, guys. You, oh, a rainforest doesn't look like this. Rainforest. The plastic rainforest of Disney. <laughs> oh my gosh. I thought they were in the rainforest cafe, actually. Oh. <laughs> I was going to ask Patch though, what was what effect do you think was the worst, like the the worst offender of what you're saying? What do you think actually was pretty good? Um, I liked I liked the practical effects of Anti. I thought that mm-hmm. was that was great. Mm-hmm. The fact eh. that, and I think that I'm kind of going to side with uh, with Francisco here. The the bee, you know, the mm-hmm. flying of the bee. It felt a little. I think when you combine digital and practical effects, you have to be seamless. You have to make it feel like it's balanced in believability and fantastic. And I just, I think the unevenness of of that particular sequence with the B and the camera and stuff like that just didn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. Also, I get that you're starving, but why would you eat a cookie that's been sitting in probably like dog crap? No, that was a fresh long? cookie. Like that, that, that cream filling, like that, that wasn't. <laughs> did, the... <laughs> did he drop a cookie? Like when he was talking with the lawnmower kid, that would have been, that would have been believable. Like if I had seen him drop a cookie, I'm like, oh man. And then he has to go. Yeah. And yeah, how yeah, the dog has... didn't find it before they did. Uh, yeah. Preservatives that are in yeah. those oatmeal crime, <laughs> cream cookies, those things aren't getting moldy anyway. 
anytime soon, right? No, but the, that cream would have been hard, and so would have been the the, the cookie crust. Yeah, I, I would have loved to have seen a giant Oreo. Now, if that's that's because I'm not a big oatmeal cream pie guy, I would love to have seen a giant Oreo. That yeah. would have made Nabisco that wasn't the sponsor. Little Debbie was. <laughs> I know. Wait, come on. Then make it a Swiss cake roll or maybe a yeah. Nutty Bar. Those things would be looking great. Nutty Bars. There we go. Dude, give me a giant Nutty Bar. I would sleep inside that way. All right, candy aside. Yeah. Let's go. I would use the machine to make that thing as big as the house next to the Sour Patch Kid, and that would be the best of both worlds. Hey, can right. you add a gummy bear to that? Because I really need a gummy bear to be really giant. Come on over. Let's go. Dustin, I get it. You have a sweet tooth, but what was the most sour? What was the sour thing about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids for not you? Not the most sour. I know not, not the, the most, most sour, sour, Paul. I misspoke. Just okay. a sour thing. Okay, a, a sour thing for me. Um, what's funny is I was actually... Uh, I messaged this to, I don't know if it was both of you or just Paul earlier before the podcast about the proportional size of the ant and the scorpion. Yes. Uh, I was, was like, weird. is this either the world's largest ant or, or the tiny world's scorpion. tiniest scorpion? Right. Because that scorpion grabbed its head, stung it, and I was like, so how small is this scorpion? Right? Well, like, or, or how massive is this ant? And that, that's I, just, I have seen pretty big ants, but I've not seen like big ants, but not ants like that a scorpion wouldn't be able just to walk on and be like, and yeah. goodbye, you know? And yeah, yeah. So, okay. So that, that bothered me. Yeah. No, I, I like the fight and I like the emotional pull of auntie. Yes, you know, of course. when auntie gets stung, you know, immediately what that means, you know, mm-hmm. auntie's gone. And then the scorpion tosses him to the side. Like, hey, you're gone. <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly. But, um, but it's, it's all, I remember that even bothering me as a kid. That was something I picked up on as a kid. Oh, sure. Like, oh, how, yeah, big, yeah. how little is that scorpion or vice oh, versa? Okay. So, so that bothered me. And, mm. um, yeah, and then there, there's a few other things throughout the movie that you would go, would that really be that big? You know, trying to compare the, this item turned out to be this big compared to the kids. This was yeah. this big. I was like, all right, there was definitely not a system for, if we have to scale things down to this size to make it consistent across the board. They didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It's it's not, it didn't have, and I think this goes back to a budget. They were, it really seemed like for eighteen million, they were trying to do this on the cheap. Um, they didn't have the investment of time. Like if you take look at the Lord of the Rings, if you ever watch the behind the scenes of that, they do so much effort to make everything like for the scale. Hobbit size to be the right scale for all the things, so it all looks cohesive. Um, but regardless. Uh, let's go to Patch next. What's no? Let's go to me because that's also my my next dislike. Yeah, they do a lot of setup at the beginning, make it scientific, where uh, little Nikki is calculating their size. They're a quarter of an inch big. It takes this long. It looks. It sounds like they put a lot of effort in. So quarter of an inch side. An ant is not that big. That is huge. No matter where where you are, if you're in the Amazon, you're not going to find ants that big in comparison. A no. quarter of an inch. Do you, how, no. How big they do you think are a quarter, quarter of an inch? inch. The, yeah. That ant would be like four inches big compared to oh, them. Oh, 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 yeah. oh. I thought you were saying ants don't get to, aren't that big. I'm like, they I'm aren't sure that big. They are not four inches big. <laughs> a quarter of an inch big is what I thought you meant. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. They would yeah. be the size of them or smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, 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 okay. Yes. Or maybe a little bit bigger, you know, but. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. The whole. Yeah, I agree with Dustin. That that okay. really caught me off. Now, now you got you got you guys got me curious. I'm gonna look up and see what 
a the what world's is the largest ant and largest ants, but and the world's patch, smallest scorpion wow. is all on this movie <laughs> documented. <laughs> what, is, what is your dislike for you? Okay, so according to Google, oh. the the Dino Panera, which is an ant, can is either one to six inches in length. Six so, inches? Yeah. Wow. A six inch ant? That's what according to that's what like, try, try having those invade your kitchen. Yeah. That's uh, huge. That is monstrous. I hope that's wrong. Six inch ants versus murder hornets. That movie's gotta come out soon. Right? Yes. Yeah. Make yeah. that Hollywood. Um and what's the smallest ant, Paul? Uh, no, you want the smallest scorpion. Well, okay, sure. I was trying to see where it would be for how likely the kids would be in comparison size. Well, they could, yeah. Okay, while you're doing that, I'm going to give one more thing I didn't like about this film. And before I get to millimeters, Tragic Maker, that's pretty tiny. Yeah. Um, Ants have been known to carry off Indiana Jones' enemies into. That's true. (laughs) How many inches is 12 millimeters? It's not any inches. That's like one centimeter almost. So that's like... It's a half an inch. Okay, all right. We are now in the science you- channel of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So these Sorry. Are, you know, the, the, your brains. This section is titled, Slow and Boring. <laughs> <laughs> Who will save Generation X? What also was slow and boring for me was... Um, well, I actually I wouldn't say it's slow and boring. It was more distressing. It is and I think one of you guys may have brought this up in your like section, but just how both dads are just so preoccupied with their own stuff and caring about what they want, what they think yeah! um without really taking time to to see, okay, where are their kids interested in? Okay, let me sort of I mean, even Zelensky, I think he has the easier time because his kid wants to do the same thing he's doing. So just like lean into that and be like, oh, that's such a cool model that you made. Oh, what does it do? I I feel like there's just so many there's so many better parenting things. And I'm glad that they both I guess they're both better parents. I feel like almost big Russ. Uh, grows a lot more because he's willing to sacrifice himself for his kids and they sort of, his kids can see how they matter a lot to him. He's willing to he like, was an potentially, idiot. You, he's you should willing try, to die. Potentially. You should try it on the fruit first. I mean, that's a good but point. No, let's try it on something living. Well, let's try it on something not living first. I, I, I That shows his character growth. That's not growth. That's idiocracy. <laughs> His character growth that developed in all of the last five minutes of the movie was really <laughs> something was happening. That's, That's because true. he guessed baseball and all of a sudden, hey, people Paul, like me now. Paul, you don't want to expand this movie to have the Foresters be tiny. So, oh, I can't add any more to this movie. So we can't add um, the fruit game bigger. You have to go right to a big Russ game bigger. So, or Fair smaller, enough. whatever. All right. Huh. Um, but that was, that was something I didn't like. But it's not the worst thing. The worst thing... Of this movie is all the gunk, all the gunkiness of the mud and her going down and just like that was great. That was a a practical effect that I thought worked well. So gross. That was the worst. What? It was so well done. It grossed you out. That should be a like. Nope. Nope. 
He's like, I like the emotional ants dying, but not someone being brought back to life after drowning. Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> not what I'm talking about. Just the gross mud. Just, ugh. I just, I just imagine pee and poop in that, and you're just like, it's covered in it. Ugh. It's too much for me. Yeah, d- never watch the Ninja Turtles movie and think scientifically. <laughs> <laughs> in the, the sewer, sewer is what we're yeah. talking about, Paul. Fine. They don't show it to me, though. No. Yeah, it could be there, but they don't show it to me. That's why I said, and think scientifically. <laughs> oh you got to turn your brain So off. I know that's a small, I'm sure to a lot of people there are like rolling their eyes at that, but to me, it, it I thought it was well done. Good for you, Paul. What didn't you think was well done, though? Um, basically what you guys were done. talking about, the worst thing about this movie to me were the the effects. Okay, um, you and Patch can take yeah, the effects. The blue screen. I, even like, even you guys had a problem with the bee. I, I didn't mind the bee. I I minded the, the claymation kids on it. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I minded the claymation ant and scorpion more, but all right. Yeah, um, they... Some of the th- you you asked before what what was mm. something that they did well and what didn't. I thought the Lego was done really well. I thought the cookie was done really well. Something that wasn't done really well was like a, a lot of the practical effects I thought were cool, but a lot of them weren't. Like mm. that's you're supposed to turn your brain off and say, okay, yeah, that's a broom. Uh huh. Okay, that <laughs> those big long things are are not going to be what straw looks like. Okay, yeah, that's grass. I can see that's grass, but that is not God made grass. That is that is man made grass. Like uh, if it was. Uh, an artificial lawn, then I could believe that that was their grass, but mm-hmm. it's a lot of the practical effects you, you just kind of have to turn your brain off for. All right, I guess. And I guess. the special effects. Yeah. Okay, so you didn't like the effects. Patch also didn't like the effects, but Patch, that wasn't your tragic maker. What actually was your tragic maker for this film? Well, I think for me, it comes down to when you have a story, when you have the kind of beats and the kind of themes that live in this. I brought up Goonies a couple of times. Mm-hmm. There's a way to be what I consider successful and have a classic movie on your hands. And that's where I think this one fails. So I think oh. when you, when you look at, when you look at movies, yeah. When you look at, when you look at movies in the eighties in particular, you have a Goonies that really is stands the test of time. I introduced my kid to it. Um, it's one that has, it's not just, it's not just actors that have gotten like more famous as a result of, you know, other movies that, you know, got Sean Astin and Mm -hmm. you've got just a whole cast of, of people. Um, when I look back on a movie like this, Rick Moranis stands out because I I really liked him as an actor back in the eighties. He's fantastic in ghostbusters, a great comedian. And I, you know, and I respect the fact that he walked away when his, when his wife passed away to be Mm -hmm. a full-time dad, hasn't really come back. I think he's done some voice work here and there. But you look at the rest of the cast and nobody really stands out as like, wow, those were memorable performances apart from it being just a what I would consider a a canned movie, like a, mm-hmm. a story like, hey, let's take these beats. Let's add some flair to them, some special effects. And now we get Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It doesn't make it bad and it's enjoyable. It's just not one of those movies that. I go back and I think, man, I definitely want to rewatch that. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about the Police Academy movies. They're fun to watch, but they're very much kind of in a canister of a type of comedy that just would not be well received or would be as funny 
in 2023. So mm-hmm. I guess that's my way of saying it doesn't hold up. It does hold up, okay. and it's worth seeing at least once. So I'm kind of, you know, tipping my hand to what I'm going to call. Stop this. telegraphing. But, sorry. <laughs> he, he telegraphed that, five minutes into the podcast. Oh my god! Really and I have no problem saying that, but I like I like giving my explanation. But yeah, yeah. but it's one it's one worth enjoying, and I think that it it has that potential. But I felt like either with the budget or with the there were constraints there that sort of saw themselves take shape. Mm-hmm. where you had the potential for really good kind of rounding out of father figures. Cause I think we're all hitting on that. You had really, yeah, yeah. really good relationships with these kids that could have formed something pretty amazing. And they just didn't hit on those levels that a movie like Goonies does, where you have a runtime that's only about 15 minutes longer, but does something pretty incredible. Now mm-hmm. I think some of that has to do with a director like Steven Spielberg or writer like Chris Columbus. I mean, that's a, that's a killer group of creators. Well, Richard Donner uh, directed Goonies, but but Spielberg produced it, and yeah, then Columbus yeah, wrote yeah. it. So I mean, yes, still yes. you've got this same thing with Armageddon. I don't really like Michael Bay, but when you put Chris Columbus uh, as the as the director, or whoever, when you have a team of people that are doing what they are good at, yeah, you yeah. get movies like Armageddon. I think that's why a movie like Goonies, with the same kinds of story beats works better for me because of mm. the fact that you get the comedy, you get the character growth, you get the kids adventure. This feels sort of like the B squad of eighties kids adventures. Like I think yeah. of, when, I, when I think of scream or I think of like, I know what you did last summer with these really, you know, famous nineties actors. Then I think about final destination that feels like the understudies for all those actors. <laughs> and let's put a scary movie together that obviously spawned like four or five sequels, but these are I not them. That's exactly kind of what I feel. And I didn't feel like that one-to-one for for this, but I definitely feel like this felt a little bit like a knockoff. Like, hey, let's capture that kid's adventure uh, story, but -hmm. let's do it in a way that we can ramp up the the practical effects and and bring kids in the theater. And I think that that's okay. It's absolutely Mm -hmm. okay to be that kind of approach. It's just not one that's going to have lasting impressions on me to say, let's go back to the well on that. That's fair. That is very, very fair. All right, Patch, that's that's totally fair. Now I'm going to hand it over to the, the man who loves Disney. So I'm sure there's no tragic maker to be had, right, Dustin? There's no tragic maker, classic, perfect movie. Oh, I would t- no, I'm just kidding. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I do have a, a tragic maker. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. What was um, for, for, there's, there's some scientific things that come out about this movie that that kind of pull me out of it. Slow and boring. Wow. <laughs> Slow and boring. Um, so when, when Selinsky is talking about how this thing works, mm-hmm. right? He says, he think about the proportional size of the empty space and matter. We can reduce that empty space. We can significantly shrink things. So when the kids shrunk, my mind went, so you're telling me that in the human body, the amount of empty space is exactly proportionate to the shirt, the shoes, the elect- the, the glasses, the, the just everything that got shrunk. Yes. Oh. Yeah. That's the calculates it. That's, you know, like you said, scientific. That's why it's your favorite <laughs> yeah, invention. Yeah, right. So I, I, was, I, was, I was thinking, all right, so the, the couch, you know, just everything that shrunk was exactly proportionate. So I was like, oh, okay, according to this, then all the percentages are the same across so the board saying, of everything. Are, are you saying scientifically, like if I were to uh, go in front of the machine and be shrunk myself, like my body would 
shrink at a different proportion than like my clothes i well because i think you're composed of something different you're a different material and composition than your clothes so there'd be different sure. matter space but as yeah. far as like the the space between atoms aren't they the same or no i, that I don't, don't know. know i didn't take all that science <laughs> well, like, then I, I speak I'm to good. people for a living about the bible all right <laughs> I think I, that's the space it takes away. I will Ooh. add on to this, and you may have more to say, Justin, so I'll just, as an aside, Ant-Man was going through my head, and that whole shrinking thing, just because you take up less space doesn't mean your mass is any different. Ant-Man's so the kids, worst at breaking that, though. Well, whatever, though, but the, all the kids would be like... Yeah, that that be, tank should have been able to be on that keychain, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? exactly. It, it, only exactly. when it's for convenient for the plot does yeah. that work in so, Ant-Man. But, uh, all that to say is so, they... So, they wouldn't have been able to, that ant would not have been able to lift them. They would have been able to wreck that scorpion with one punch to the claw. It's just, it, so, because so that would have been amazing. The, what's funny is I don't, I don't often think of the science and mathematics, but for whatever reason in this movie, that stood out. Like, all right, okay. this, this is, this is not making sense. The explanation yeah. for how it's shrinking doesn't add up to what it's actually doing when it's shrinking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then on that note too, I was like, and if this doesn't add up, the speed at which he's sweeping that ground and they're getting caught in that broom, they would yeah. have been squished so stinking fast. You know, yeah. They wouldn't be grabbing the broom and, you know, slowly doing the, ah, oh, down right. the dustpan into the garbage. You got to remember, time slows down for that. Time slows yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. Only when it's convenient. <laughs> so Like water drops. I actually, I actually put in my notes, I put, they would clearly not survive the broom and garbage, smash, squish, splat, dead. And I can yeah. add now, Francisco laughs at the misery because it's plot development. Oh so. my God. <laughs> they could. If you ever tried to sweep up ants, a lot of them survive. Yeah, but they have exoskeletons. People do yeah, not. But, yeah, but these are the six-inch ants, all right? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> oh, so, so that, experiment but, was but brought did, to you by <laughs> but, but I did like, so I don't know if they intended to do this at the end, but I loved, I mean, they always intended to do this. When he puts the hat back on, when it's, yeah, it's so like, all of a sudden, all sudden it's like, wait a second. Yeah. So, of course, in my mind, I was like, so so they talk about this reducing the empty space Maybe when it brought it back, it didn't need all empty space. So all that just a jab at his character saying, hey, I had empty space in your head. Now the hat doesn't fit anymore. Wow. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but I, I can so see I, that being a thing. My, my sarcastic sense of humor went, ha ha, you were an airhead. What a doofus. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've shot through the air, all our firing trajectories, Travis, it's time for the final range. You have a firing solution for us. <laughs> Firing solution complete. Salvo authority accepted. Ratings prepared to launch. What does Salvo authority mean? Why does he say that? Because you couldn't understand Salvo at the ready, Paul. What did I have to do? I didn't tell him to say that. For years with Alice. Salvo at the ready. Salvo at the ready. What's, she says what? Salvo, she authority. Salvo authority. I heard it. I, so I was like, you know what? Let's just lean into this joke and make oh, it Salvo authority. So you programmed Travis to say Salvo authority. So what does Salvo authority mean? I don't know. You came up with no, it. No, you're the captain. You programmed it. As a ship's clergy, I offer counseling for captains and first mates and... And everybody else. <laughs> Someone needs it. I'm the captain now. <laughs> <sighs> okay, okay. starting a coup. All right. Let me, let me, let me okay, come down from that. Anyway, 
It's time for the final reign for the moment of truth for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Do we rate this movie a classic? We recommend anyone go see this, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, it's worth revisiting if you remember liking it as a kid. But if you've never seen it before, don't take your time to watch it now. Or do we rate it a tragic? It's not worth anyone's time today. If you've never seen it before, definitely keep it that way. And if you have seen it before and maybe have some fond memories, don't sell You're just going to sully those memories with a rewatch. So don't rewatch it. Sully. That's another Disney movie, right? With, hey, I like Mike the reference, with... Francisco. Totally intentional. Appreciate it. <sighs> Patch. <laughs> Patch, you had predicti- predicted nostalgic. What was your final reign for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Well, let me just throw a quick shout out to Dale. He mentioned watch Toy Story, or it's not Toy Story, Toy Soldiers. See, I'm going to get Pixar Disney on the brain. Toy Soldiers with Sean Astin, Lewis Gossett Jr. Uh, actually just rewatched this yesterday. It's a fantastic movie. Definitely a diehard knockoff, but probably one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid. Love I don't think I've ever whoa, seen Whoa, 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 whoa. Now this makes me curious how you're going to rate this movie in comparison to Toy Soldiers. Toy Soldiers? Oh, this is definitely nostalgic. Yeah, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is definitely nostalgic for me. Okay, and Toy uh, Soldiers is a classic for you? It's No, it's nostalgic as well. I say it's a oh, classic okay. in that I grew up, yeah, because okay. I recognize it for what it is, but it's got so many, like, great, like, moments in it. There's a, there's a, the, a, there's shenanigans that happen. This is there's, called Mutiny, Francisco. We've taken over your podcast. Go ahead. Yeah. Continue, Patrick. It's not my <laughs> podcast. It's God's podcast. So all right. congratulations <laughs> for taking over God's podcast. Yeah. All right. Break out the, the powder. Anyway, no. So absolutely. So it's it's definitely nostalgic for me. I think I shrunk the kids. I mean, okay. And Toy, and toy Stol- Soldiers, too. I am shocked. <laughs> I am shocked by your rating. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> you sound so shocked, Dustin. So shocked. <laughs> Why don't you shock us with your reign? You're going to be. After a prediction of classic, what did it end up being for you? You will be so shocked with mine. I'm going to stick with classic. Oh, what? Oh, oh, my, gosh. my heart can't take the sudden change. I, um, <laughs> hey, hey, I think of the podcasts I've done, I actually jump around quite a bit from prediction to yeah. to you, what I do at the end. You can, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think, so like I said earlier, I was excited to watch it again. All the, mm-hmm. all the memories came back. And as I was watching it, I was flooded with fun memories of watching it as a kid. I want to watch it with my kids. Be like, oh, Aurora, yeah. Avery, let's watch Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And and I know that I know that they'll like it. And so mm-hmm. I, I would recommend. I mean, I don't know if everyone will like it or not, but I would recommend. It's mm-hmm. a, it's worth seeing. It's definitely yeah, absolutely yeah. worth checking out, whether you've seen it or not. Go go mm-hmm. watch it. Okay. So classic for Dustin. Wow. Then we like to go to our reflux capacitors, uh, the people that support the podcast, uh, and they get to have a say in this final reign as well. And when I tie their votes together, they uh, cumulatively rate Honey, I Shrunk the Kids a classic film. So now wise we're up people, to wise people supporting wise this podcast. People. That's right. So that's uh, two <laughs> classics and nostalgic so far. Paul, what was your final rating? You had um, predicted nostalgic as well. Yeah, I predicted nostalgic, and I actually enjoyed the rewatch of mm. this um, for a lot of the things that we said. But I don't. I wouldn't recommend it for every. Buddy, because of a lot of the things we said. So I'm going to stick with nostalgic rating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> stick with nostalgic rating. Uh, all right. So comes down to it. The tie. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's made by Disney. It's hey, tragic. Hey, stop stealing my thunder, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I predicted nostalgic, and it, there there were certainly some some fun things to this movie. Um, but if you're gonna say, does this have the Disney magic, whatever that means? I'd say it does, and it's still worth seeing again. And I really did enjoy this time. It was it's just is nice. I liked I, I really I I really like that Auntie died and how that raised the stakes for this whole thing. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, but that makes it made all the difference, I think. And I loved how these kids started I, I love the growth of these kids. The parents, yeah, could have been better. Um but yeah, I just I, I thought this had a lot of feels. I did watch this. Um, I want to say a year or two ago with the kids and they liked it. So I would say, yeah, Dustin, go, go for it. Show it to your kids. Um, so yeah. Since I have your permission, I will, I yeah, will yeah. do it. Good. I'm glad you wait for my permission. Um, but I know, I know that's, there's a part of me, there's a part of me that's Francisco. How dare you rate this? Anything above a nostalgic, but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go with, I gotta call him as I see him. So, according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, a disputed classic film. We'd recommend wow. anyone go see it, whether or not you've seen it before. But now it's time to, well, we'll we're going to hang out in 1989 for a little bit and share with everyone where we can all find me, Paul, Dustin, and Patch. Return to 20XX overridden. Comstats broadcasting while awaiting return coordinates. Uh, feels good to still be in 1989, but we wouldn't be able to travel back to that year to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Deborah Powers, Geek Devotions, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Ruiz, Kenneth and Fabus Lomax, Rosie Lomax, Lester Baba, D. Tungsten, Dale, Mr. Loss, Daryl Hafner, Cool Deluxe, and newest supporter, Dustin Warford. Uh, you're Let's right go! here! I'm here. <laughs> in addition to two other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to help help us keep flying and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to start. Whoa, whoa, Doc, Doc. Are you telling me that this stream is sponsored by PaulJPowers.com? Whoa, this is heavy. Referring back to the Back of the Future some more. I got it, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Francisco, is there any non-monetary ways people could support the show? Oh, okay. Uh, uh, you know what? I think there there actually is, Paul. Um, if you listen, I mean, you probably enjoyed this episode if you've been listening, if you've made it this far. So if you aren't driving, uh, tap the share icon in your podcast player for this episode and send it to a friend. And I know you like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, or I know you like Disney movies. And so I thought you might like this podcast where they talk about it. Yeah. And I'll bet they'll thank you for it. They will. And speaking of. I guarantee it. Ooh, even with a guarantee. (laughs) No money back guarantee, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no money back. But uh, speaking of thanking people, we want to give a big ant hug to. Shouldn't we uh, shrink that? Hug down a little. No, we bit? want to grow it. The oh, big okay. Hug. Like the turkey, like, okay. Like like a gummy si- gummy bear sized house. Oh hug. my gosh! Okay. No, wait, a, a house sized gummy bear. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, want to thank um, our guests for coming on board. So we'll start alphabetically with Dustin. How could people find you online? Is there anything cool you got going on? 
Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm on Facebook, um, just you know Dustin Warford. Mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram, Ghetto Kids Preacher. I made that handle back when I was a kids pastor, so I just kept it. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, also uh, ccpuallup.com. Um, if you don't know how to spell Puallup, just Google funny names in Washington State, and it'll we pop also, up. <laughs> we also link to if you go to the this episode retroreonpodcast.com says turn eighty eight. Click on Dustin's portrait. You he'll have links on his page to uh, his church's website. But, uh, but yeah, check out the, the church and um, Sundays at ten. I love uh, love what I get to do for a living and reaching our community and talking about the Bible. It's uh, nothing quite like. I can't believe I get to do that for a living. It's oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, thank you for coming yeah, on and sharing you. your thoughts. And Patch, thank you for coming on. How can people find you and then what's going on with you that people should know about? Yeah, you can check me out. I'm on Twitter exclusively uh, at Shoeless Patch, S H O E L E S S. I think you mean X. X Twitter. Whatever. By the time people listen to this, it'll be called something else. Oh, that's a good point. Yes. I'm on the social network, formerly known as Twitter. As are the two podcasts that I, I help out with, uh, as as you mentioned earlier, Francisco, uh, Feel and Film, we've been around since 2016. We take a look at movies that really make us feel something, um, absolutely looking at things from an emotional standpoint, as opposed to the technical merit, although those things do come up, so they're not exclusively uh, excluded by any means. And then as of about a year ago, I launched a new podcast that covers uh, in-depth scene-by-scene analysis of uh, and recaps of TV series that I've either not seen or uh, people that come on the show have not seen that I want to share with them called an original series. So we're in our second official like calendar year season mm-hmm. right now covering the last part of, let's see, I think Stranger Things season three. We're about to drop um, our conversation on The Last of Us season one. And then uh, we'll start the first of the year with uh, the first season of Invincible. Mm-hmm. So it's a rotating panel of guests. So if you're interested in covering a, a show that you think I might like or something that you haven't seen that might be fun to go through, hit me up on the Twitter at uh, Shoeless Patch and uh, maybe we can have a conversation. I, I, I would like to say real quick before we fill it, really close it out that we can, we can mark down, I will mark down this day on the calendar. Oh, here it comes. The day that I reviewed a Disney movie with Francisco and we gave it the same rating. That it was a both classic. classic. Yeah. That it must, it must be day. the Jubilee or something. This is a special happening. day for me. Oh hey, hey, Patch, break out the snow. I got it. <laughs> Hang on, <Wow>. guys. <laughs> um, and well, according to um, what's his name on the, on the chat here, um, that sour bobo says, I now have salvo authority. So, yes. oh my gosh. Well, I job, have Bobo. the salvo authority to thank you, uh, Dustin and Patch, so much for coming back on the show. Always awesome to talk to, about these movies with you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'll give you a not shrunk down uh, thank you to my good friend Paul and all you rewinders, new or old, for another fun voyage. You're welcome. And you can find me, pauljpowers.com at pauljpowers.com no it's like it's in the name and you can find me on our discord for show announcements or just to say hi join us there at retrorewindpodcast.com slash discord this podcast is a proud member of culture box a curated collection of podcasts videos and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content you will find culture celebrated for its past and future satirized for its extremes explored in study 
and created a new in-story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. Thank you, Nathan. I think mm-hmm. that was Nathan. I can hear yes, him clear over here. All right. <laughs> wow. And as Nathan just said, we are now part of Culture Box Media Network. Find all the shows unpacking truth through story, comedy, and geekery at culturebox.media. Thank you, Exo, and thank you all for listening. We pray you are more joyful today than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for our next episode. You can find out what that is probably by either waiting a few weeks or listening to our ship's logs, which you can catch up on at retroreadonpodcast.com slash story. But until then, catch you later. Rewinder to the Lost Spot mission complete. Review audio ship's logs for more details. I think that went well. I think we should have them over more often.